Everybody having good holidays? Had times and seasons with family, hopefully. Uh, opportunities to serve and be there. Um, I enjoyed my Vianney sausages and ranch potato chips and crackers and waters. Yeah, Karen thought they was beanie weenies, but they're a lot different because they got beans in them. But <laughs> I had some of those in there and had some sardines too, so I had three choices. I mean, my choices uh, was pretty vast. Good to have Sister Garth in the house today. She's sitting there by her grandson, Corey. <laughs> Thankful for her. And there's mom coming in late, Garth, just in case you wanted to know. You, you can talk to her now. We'll, we'll, we'll give a break during the service for mom to meet Gartha. Gartha's used to that. <laughs> Denny's probably heard pl plenty of stories about that. Um, but at least she's here. That's what she says every time when she does come in late. Mom, she always says, at least I'm here, and I'm glad you're here. So I want to, how many feels like the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas is unending? It just seems like you go from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and it just it's like one moment in time, but it's like it lasts a long time somehow. It's, it's a little bit of both. So during this holiday season that a lot of people call this time as the holiday season, I want to take us through um, some different things during the holiday. So this first one is going to be hurting during the holidays. How many can attest to that, that sometimes holidays, when you think about somebody maybe that you've lost, and it hurts during the holidays, that you miss them, that you would love to see them again. And there the day I sat and looking through some pictures on my phone, and I love it that the phone will throw up pictures every now and then that says, you know, recent and whatever and gives you a time frame, even by date, sometimes it'll throw up a picture that, and sadly in my phone, I've got um, somewhere around 28,000 pictures in this phone. So that's probably a lot, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a lot, and I just keep adding more to it, and I do screenshots, and I, I, I try to keep all of it, but at the same time, it's hard to find and look back through it, but. Recently, I don't know, I, I think I've shared this once before, but you can take an iPhone and look at your pictures and go down to search, and you can punch in truck, and it'll pull up every picture of a truck in your 28,000, so it only shows me the trucks. And But there the day, I, I, was, I was sitting there and looking through it, and and picture of my grandma showed up, my grandma Frances, and how many remember Frances? <laughs> what a treat. 
she would come to church and had her own spot and you know how it is she got her own spot and she had her own blanket sitting in here and uh, she'd leave her coat sometimes and every time she would get up and leave she'd come back looking for her keys and her phone um, most of the time they would be in her pocket but she would be looking underneath the seat where her towel was or her blanket was but as I saw a picture of her it was her uh, sitting across the table from me and she had her her breakfast food that she ate at night. She, she loved to go to shortstop and order breakfast at night. I think mostly just to hurt the waitress and have to cook <laughs> breakfast later in the day. Um, but she was sitting there eating that, and, and, and then in the picture is just of her and her plate, and I, I done the new little fancy thing where I just cut the picture of her out or whatever, and I sent it to Mary, and Mary said it made her smile because... Sometimes we need those things we remember. Even though it's hurtful a little bit, it's those memories that last forever. And in that picture, uh, they're kind of in the corner of it down at the bottom. On my side of the table was my bag of honey barbecue, twisty, Frito, whatever they are. You know what I'm talking about, the twisted kind? Yep, and she was eating her breakfast but just, just like Francis, she was worried about what I had. So I had a bacon cheeseburger with mustard and a little bit of onion. And she was looking and eyeballing that bag of chips. And finally I said, you want one? Yeah, I'll take one. And when she means one, that's like a whole handful. And you know how bags of chips are anymore. You get a bag of chips that's this big, but it's only got enough in there for a little bit. But she grabbed a handful, and she was eating them with her bacon and her eggs and her biscuits and mixing it up, but she loved it. And what she loved more than anything was forcing me to let her pay. And how many likes when somebody pays for your dinner? I really don't like it. Ernie does. <laughs> He does, but I, I really don't. I don't like people paying for my stuff. I want to I wanna feel like I earned my own way or I don't know if it's a man thing or what, but I just, I just can't hardly take it. But I would allow her to pay when we went to shortstop. And then you'd hear about the next day that she'd told somebody, told or somebody else would say, hey, Francis said she bought your dinner last night. So I think it was bragging rights for her. But sometimes we see those pictures, and it can bring joy at the same time that there's pain, at the same time there's hurt, that I know that I won't get to see her again on this side of heaven. But I'm glad that I get to go there someday where she's at and get to live in eternity with her and celebrate Jesus forever. And I hope we get breakfast. But it's kind of hard to believe that we'll get breakfast when there's no dying there. It'd be hard to get some bacon without a pig dying. So I don't know. Maybe it makes a vegetable kind of bacon. I don't know. It's kind of whatever. But hurting during the holidays. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 9 says, I've thought deeply about all that goes on here under the sun where her people have 
the power to hurt each other. King Solomon's saying this, I have thought deeply about all that goes on here under the sun where people have the power to hurt each other. Sadly, in this world in which we live, you don't have to look far to find people hurting people. Some psychologists and wise people say sometimes that hurting people are the one that hurts people. And I believe there's wisdom in that, but at the same time, I believe that everybody hurts somehow, some way, in some shape or form. So if that was a true statement that hurting people hurt people, that means everybody hurts somebody. So how many can take ownership and say, I'm sorry that I've hurt people? It should be all of us that can reflect on this thought that Solomon is talking about here. Because King Solomon, can you imagine having hundreds of wives, hundreds of concubines, owning all this stuff, all these things all over, People coming from near and far to hear your wisdom and your little bitty tidbits and these little proverbs that you're saying and bragging about your wisdom. And all along that journey that you know that you have left pain through your journey. Because when we're around people, we have choices to make. The choices are ours to make of whether we will hurt or whether we will heal. So during this holiday season, I want you to understand that it draws people together. It brings community together. It brings families together. And we have a choice to make. Am I going to be an agent of hurt or am I going to be an agent of healing? We've got power to hurt others. I believe we've got the power to heal others. Our words are important. We need to use them wisely. Scripture says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That this tongue, in the New Testament it says this tongue is, is more unruly than any other member. It, it says it's like the rudder on the back of a boat that can turn a big old boat because you've got this little bitty flap in the water behind you. That's the power of our tongue, that we can create destinies, that we can breed hope, that we can speak about and set about a different trajectory for people that are hurting. And it's a choice we have to make. And, and the word hurt means to cause physical pain or injury too. That's the verb tense of it. The adjective says it's to be physically injured. He complained of a hurt leg and asked his trainer to stop the fight. So in action. And the noun is rolling properly into a fall minimizes hurt, the physical injury. Stop, drop, and roll, I guess. Today there is hurt 
as we turn on the news in Israel and in Gaza. Yesterday, there was hurt in Ohio. O-H. <laughs> I love it when people born and raised in Ohio root for Michigan. It's an awesome day. And that hurt in Israel and in Gaza is a real hurt. It's a hurt that is dividing, is harmful, is spreading like cancer throughout the world that people are getting in camps and saying, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. And it's scary when we get into a season of hurt and intentional hurt and camps of hurt. And I don't want to go down that road, but we need to pray for both sides, Israel and Gaza. Because Jesus died for the whole world. Amen. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world, the whole place. And if you want to go back and get biblical about it, if you look, Jesus, whenever he went to that Samaritan woman, what did they say? You shouldn't even be talking to her. That's them other people. Jesus went to those that were not his own. And today, in today's world, I think he would go to both sides. He would be trying to preach to Israel, and he'd be over there trying to help and heal Gaza. So that's my theory on what the Bible would teach us and what we need to be in what camp we need to be in. Why as people say it's not either or, it's both and. That Jesus can be there for both. I think the world is divided enough, don't you? If, it, if there's anything that's needed in this world today that we're living in, it's bringing back together. And it takes healing to do that because hurt will divide us. Hurt will conquer us if we allow it. Has anybody in here ever been hurt? Today there's hurt in America. We can see that in the news. We can see that as we're talking to our friends or our neighbors or our colleagues or those in our community. We can see that there is a division in America that is constantly perpetuating hurt upon those that God is trying to heal. People have said, so goes America, so goes the world. When America is hurting, the rest of the world hurts because they know that God has provided for America. America can help heal the rest of the world, but we have to choose today, what am I going to do? Am I going to hurt? Am I going to heal? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you going to do? Are you going to hurt? Or are you going to heal? The choice is yours, literally. Figuratively, that is literally your choice today. And God is asking us 
and he's imploring us in this room today to learn to heal more than we hurt. Now, you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to trip up, you're going to fall, and you're going to end up causing hurt. But the sooner we realize that and we recognize that, that we're aware enough of our surroundings that I can see that I've hurt someone, what should we do? And instantly, the Bible tells us if we come to pray at an altar, if we know we've got to alt with somebody, what's it tell us to do? Get up and go to them first. Make it right. Everybody say, that sounds easy. <laughs> There's a whole book on conflict resolution. There's a bunch of them in here. We, we took them as a church one time, the whole church, and we had a bunch of they're in here called conflict resolution. Because the world needs trained on it, because I can tell you right now, they ain't very good at it. Right. Amen? <laughs> There's people with master's degree in it, but the world's still falling apart, and the hell in the handbasket, what are we going to do? But the minute you start trying to dive into that and start reading that book, what happens, Amy? You're sitting there giggling. <laughs> you was here. <laughs> the enemy came in like a roaring lion, and the church was thriving. And the minute we started reading that book, Gartha, it was like division all over the house. People crying, snot flying. I mean, it, it was bad. But that's what the enemy will do when we start trying to learn and serve. The purpose of the bridge is to learn and serve, right? And the minute we start trying to do that, the enemy comes in. But we've got to be aware of his cunning abilities. Amen? He, he tricked Eve in the garden and Adam, standing right beside of her. They were tricked because he was more cunning. He was sly. And he enjoys causing hurt. But that resolution needs to be there so that you resolve the issue that you have going on. And the only way that you're ever going to get to the point where that you can help heal is the minute you start owning your hurtfulness that you've hurt others. And if I got odd against somebody, then probably I've the one done them wrong and they, they got mad at me and now I'm mad at them for being mad at me. A lot of times it comes back home. And the second we don't own it, and we start blaming everybody else. Poor, poor, pitiful me, right? Jesus, all throughout his walk on this earth, this planet earth, he tried to heal when others hurt. And sometimes the words that he would say hurt their feelings because he was trying to get them to be healers instead of hurters. You whitewashed sepulchre? You brood of vipers? How many would like if Jesus came here to preach today and that's what he called all of us? That's the type of preaching he did to religious people. <laughs> when he got in the crowd of the, of the religious, he would preach that way. And when he got to the woman that didn't know any better, that had had five husbands and lived with somebody else, he walks up to her and he has compassion on her. So we as religion, the Bible says, you know, that judgment f must first begin at the house of God. Right. We should welcome it. We should wa want it. We should desire it. We should ask God, help judge me so that I can heal rather than hurt. Yeah. Countries all throughout the world today are hurting. saw so many 
just a few days ago when the news traveled that a family had suffered a tragic loss here in our little community in eastern Kentucky. A little 10-year-old boy. left this life to go to the next. We can't make sense of that. We can't understand that. But one thing I know, I witnessed a lot of hurt from a lot of people. I pray for healing for our community. I pray for healing of the hearts of that mom and dad. And that hurt is something that I've witnessed be lasting. Uh, my friend, he, he lost his little brother in a tragic car accident. And <coughs> watched his mom ever since just suffer in anguish and hurt because it don't make sense. But as his message today, I want us to look at and learn from and think about. But this is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, Rick. And even in the Bible story about Christmas, because this is hurting during the holidays, the holy days. In the Old Testament, there's all kinds of holidays that they had. They were called feasts. These feasts of tabernacles, these feasts of Sukkot, there's feasts of Passover, there's the Feast of Purim, there's all these feasts in the Bible that all of them have significance and there's reasons for them in the Bible that God gave them feasts to celebrate seasons of life. And in every season, all these biblical stories that we can read about, there's seasons. But there's lessons to be learned and there's things to be thought about when we read these stories, not just the stories to it's some storybook, but these are, the, the Bible says that these words are life. They are spirit and they are life. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces asunder even to the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, dividing the soul and the spirit. That, that this word that we're reading, that we hold in our hand, that we have on our phones, is life. So as I think about these and look about these stories, as I'm going to speak to you, just on a few of them here, it's Christmas. 
Christmas is coming. But let's look at the real Christmas. Let's look at the hurting that was happening during that Christmas. What about from the perspective of Mary, the mother of Jesus, the virgin about to give birth that had been pregnant, that had been put away? He loved her so much, Joseph did, that he put her away so that she wouldn't be stoned for becoming pregnant because she was a virgin. Can you imagine Mary huddled away from society, alone, set back, put away in a different place, could not be out and about amongst her friends anymore as a teenage girl? One thing I can tell you today is you don't want to be alone. Amen? Don't leave your teenage kids alone somewhere so that they get so recluse that they're put back in a corner somewhere that they, their, their mental state will, that it will deprive and they will become so hurt. Sticks and stones might not break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Can you imagine Mary? The hurt in her heart. She'd seen this angel tell her, you know, you're going to be with child. She knew what she had saw. But here her boyfriend at the time, she's engaged to him to be married. He don't believe it because he hasn't saw it. So I'm sure that there's hurt in his heart too saying, God, what are you doing? I was going to be married to her, but now look, she's out and she's got pregnant. He's got some hurt going on too. And he puts her away. And in that time, Caesar Augustus, he calls for a census. What a wonderful time. Let's have Christmas. Let's do census so we can find out how much we're going to tax everybody. Everybody say, glory to God. That hurts. <laughs> and everybody was to go back to their hometown where they was from, even though they'd moved somewhere else and they'd been scattered abroad. And sometimes you're separated from family and you live far away and you can't get together, but you're looking forward to those seasons when you can come home for the holidays and be together. The census happened and what does he do? He, he puts his, his, his lady that he has and he's, he's put her away. He's held her in secret and he, he gets her and he puts her on a donkey and he heads for Bethlehem because that's the hometown. And can you imagine this teenage girl pregnant riding a donkey for all these miles? That's the face the best. She hurt my arm last week, but that's okay. It healed up. I'm doing good. But here, Mary is on the back of this donkey, riding all this miles. Because of what somebody else had decreed that they had to do. Sometimes the situation you find yourself in isn't because of your own choosing. It's because of others' choices. And the king had decreed this thing and declared this thing, but he didn't know that it was going to be hurting 
the one that was carrying the answer to humanity's problems. Come on, somebody, say, healing is coming. <laughs> I know him. I know his name. What a beautiful name it is. Just like that song, son, a moment ago. And as her, she's carrying this child and she's on this journey to Bethlehem and, and, and Joseph is there and he's leading this, this entourage as he's going and, and he's there and, and Matt, I, I just imagine the pain and the hurt that Mary is feeling from being pregnant and at the end of the journey having to ride a donkey for miles. I'd say she wasn't worried about the tax. And they get to that little town called Bethlehem. And, you know, as the story goes, there's no room for them in the inn. He says, well, I don't have any more places in here that you can stay, but I do have that barn out back, the cave. You can go over there and stay with the animals. How many thinks that would hurt? You mean to tell me because of somebody's a dignitary and somebody's in the high up the ups that the temple is down there staying in Bethlehem because of this census, you're going to give them a room and you're going to tell this pregnant woman to go out and sleep in the barn? What kind of world do we live in? A world that don't understand hurt. <laughs> it's a world that imposes hurt. Hopefully I'm saying things that you haven't thought about. I'm hoping that this is sparking something inside of you that's saying, I can see hurt in the middle of Christmas. So she gives birth to this little baby, and you know the story that the shepherds come and angels appear. Declarations are made. Eight days later, they take him up to the temple. They circumcise him, then, then Anna the prophetess comes out and says, I, I knew this day was coming, God had prophesied to me, and I knew this day was coming, and I was going to see him. See, he comes out, and he, he grabs a hold of him and said, I, My eyes have beheld the salvation of my God. All this hurt throughout all the history of time <laughs> has laid before it an infant that is going to heal the nations is what the Old Testament says. <laughs> and this little baby is so sought after and looked after that there comes people from afar, even a faraway land comes and they, they come to Herod and they say, Herod, we, we know that there was a star and we saw it. We're, we're from... Two, two countries away, and here we are standing in Israel today, and we're here to see the king of the Jews. Herod, sitting there on his throne, said, Who do you think you are? I'm king of the Jews. Pharaoh, Pharaoh put his hand on my head and anointed me to be king of this area. And ain't go, nobody going to be king but me. Everybody say, Herod was hurt. <laughs> Joseph hurt. Mary hurt. 
A lot of hurt going on. And Herod, in the middle of his hurt, he has to decide, what am I going to do? I'm going to make a decision. Am I going to hurt because I hurt? Or am I going to let healing finally hit the land? He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a decree. Go out and kill every baby that's less than two. Because I don't need a replacement. Imagine that. And out throughout all Judea, all Israel, this pompous king declares, I'm killing everybody under two. And it says there was weeping and wailing throughout all the land. Can you imagine the hurt of thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands that lost their kids because one guy said so. But in the middle of that, right before it happened, God gave Joseph a dream. He says, I tell you what, Joseph, take your child and head down to Egypt. Joseph, once again, gathers up his bride, gathers up this little baby, and heads for Egypt. And when they get down into Egypt, can you imagine being a foreigner? 2,000 years ago, let alone today, we treat foreigners like crap. I, can I say that in here, Garth? I think it's the truth. I don't think it's very Christ-like. I don't think it's very biblical to treat people because they're different than us. I better get off that. I wasn't getting too many amens. I had a couple, but I'm going to get in trouble. <sighs> so what are we going to do while we're down in Egypt and we're getting treated in a way that's not very kind because we're different than them? And here is God's very own son, Derek, in a foreign land and Pharaoh and all the Egyptians doing what they want to do I can't imagine the pain that was endured during their time in Egypt but the Bible says in the Christmas story that they had to do this because there was a verse that prophesied out of Egypt that God would bring forth his son. So out of Egypt, he had to come through there because it was prophesied. So sometimes in the midst of your pain, come on somebody, is anybody dealing with pain? you got to understand that there's a purpose. And if you will get through your pain and stop looking at it and begin to look at your purpose... Come on now. It, it, your hurt will go away. Your physical body will still feel the pain. You will still empathize. You will still feel that. But when you're focused on purpose, the pain is temporal. The purpose is eternal. And it will change your perspective on what are you doing. And Jesus down there in the midst of Egypt. I can't imagine this little boy growing up and becoming a little man in Egypt. 
learning the ways of the Pharaoh in a world of hurt where everywhere he walked up and down the street, everybody that ever looked at his mom was looked at with disdain and despise because they were different. But Jesus, in the midst of that pain, didn't hold on to it and say, I, I, God, you, Father, you, you sent me down here and I'm seeing this mess. I'm seeing all this hurt. I'm seeing all this pain. I'm seeing all this trouble. I'm seeing all these divisions. I'm seeing all these borders. And I just give up. He didn't do that. He said, my purpose is to fulfill God's will. And after Herod died, they come back, and, and Joseph was warned again in another dream and vision. And there's purpose there, right? There was pain going on, but purpose. There was a plan. And God gives him a vision and says, go back to Israel now. So he heads back up to Israel, and he goes to Nazareth. And whenever he gets into the town called Nazareth, and he gets up there, and I'm sure there's pain, and there's discomfort there, saying, where was you? Why did, why did your boy get to live and mine's dead? There's enough hurt and pain to go around. And you don't have to go far to find it. I found this quote because I like using quotes during a sermon. Some girl named Lauren Fortenberry. Now, I looked up about her, and she's a, a current author that writes books, and it's mostly to ladies. And she's like a mental health coach and does all these things. And here's the quote. It says, healing never came when I clawed in search of it. Instead, it came when I was willing to listen to the lesson the pain was here to teach me. Healing never came when I clawed in search of it. Instead, it came when I was willing, everybody say willing, to listen to the lesson the pain was here to teach me. Pain is a teacher. Pain is a lesson that God will try to teach us. I had all these verses about foreigners that I skipped over a minute ago. I need to go back and say, The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The next foreigner you see, this is who you need to be. Look at your neighbor and say, Are you, are you a Christian? I'm just wondering, are, are you a Christian? Well, what kind of Christian are you? You mean the Bible's trying to speak to me? <laughs> Love them as yourself. How many loves yourself? Some of us more than we need to, right? Joshua 20, verse 9 says, These cities were set apart for all the Israelites as well as the foreigners living among them. Anyone who accidentally killed another person could take refuge in one of these cities. In this way, they could escape from being killed in revenge prior to their standing trial before the local assembly. Everybody say, I love sanctuary cities. It's in the Bible. Oh, me. <laughs> 
Garth, am I allowed to talk like this in here? I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's like touchy ground. It's like we're in the Bible Belt. <laughs> we're trying real hard here, right? We're in the Bible Belt. I don't know. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 1 and 2 says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing some, so some doing people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. We can hurt, or we can heal. Our words are important. And all these stories about Egypt that you see that Jesus went down there, but he wasn't the first Israelite to ever be there. Read the Old Testament, you'll see Abraham went there. Father Abraham, I'm one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? Abraham went to Egypt. Why? Because there's a famine in the land. He went down there because there's more stuff. And when he got down there, guess what he had to do? He's scared because Pharaoh was looking at his wife because she was hot. He says, well, I'll tell you what, that's really my sister, so just go ahead and you can have her, Pharaoh. What kind of husband's that, right? Talk about hurt feelings. There's all kinds of story about that. I've got to go on. But J Joseph also, a few generations later, he ends up going down to Egypt because he was sold as a slave by his brothers. Sounds like hurt to me. Amen? He goes down there and what's he do? God gives him purpose in the pain. And what does he do? He doesn't lose focus of the purpose even though the woman that he's in the household with and in, in the jailer and, and God just continues to show prosperity to Joseph and, and reason and this purpose comes. Why? Because God's got a plan. And it doesn't mean that there's not pain, Joseph. It's going to stink when your brothers pick you up and throw you down in a big in a cistern in a big hole in the ground, and you're not going to like it very much, and you're going to be down in there screaming for your life, and your brother's going to be up there plugging their ears saying, I wish he'd shut up and die. And then all of a sudden a caravan comes through of these people that's got these slaves in chains, shackled, heading for Egypt, and your brother says, well, let's just be easier rather than letting him die down in there. Let's just pull him up out of here, and let's put him in some chains. That'd be awesome. Does that sound like... For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you peace. See, we read that verse and we want it to be all hunky-dory and roses and tiptoe through the tulips. But God's saying sometimes in the midst of your journey, you're going to come across situations that's going to be painful. They're going to hurt your heart. But i got a plan. I've got a purpose. All of Israel... Ends up because Joseph is down there. All his brothers come because they, they want some stuff. They come down and now all of Israel lives there for 400 years. They're down there in Egypt. And Pharaoh's after Pharaoh comes along and, and, and they didn't know about Joseph any longer. And now they got him enslaved and captive and they torment him and, and cause pain. And finally say, well, there's too many of them. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take all their, uh, their newborns and I'm going to throw them in the river. Sounds like pain to me. Sounds like hurt to me. 
What are you going to do? For Jesus himself was that. So when he was in Egypt, he was God's son. And he had saw all this. He knew where he's at. He knew there was a purpose. He knew there was a plan. So during this holiday season, there's pain. There's hurt. And there's plenty to go around. In this world that we live in today, it seems like it's tearing apart at the seams. The fabric of society is tearing apart at the seams, and it seems painful. And it seems like there's hurt. But if there's ever been a solution that God intended to bring to this world, to bring healing, it was his son Jesus. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it I will build my church and he is building a people and he's calling us out in this time in this season in this season of pain and hurt and in angst and in society where it seems like there's no reason that there's no understanding where people will not come together How beautiful and pleasant it is when my brethren dwell together in unity. Where's it at? The churches have a different name over every door and every one of them there is. But Jesus said, I'm building my church. He didn't say, I'm building a church. He said, I'm building my church. And all of our churches are his. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptations overtaken you, such which common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Look at your neighbor and say, you going through some stuff? <laughs> Seem like you've been tempted. Seem like trials and afflictions. Paul, the awesome Apostle Paul says this in Romans 18, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. They won't even compare the suffering that we're enduring in the present state. God wants us to turn pain into purpose. If you've been feeling pain, I wrote this down, if you've been feeling pain, it's proof that your conscience hasn't been seared with a hot iron. It's proof that your feelings, that your 
nervous tendencies are still there because it takes life for you to feel pain. And if you're feeling pain today, it's proof God's still working on something. God is still up to something. He's still got a plan. He's still got a purpose. And he's still asking you, don't pay attention to the pain. Look for my purpose. Sister Garth, I want you and Danny come up here. I want to. Come on, boss man. Come on. You can tell him to. He will. He won't listen to me. Guys, <laughs> I want you to look around here and when you first walked in this building and it was a it's a garage full of junk. But God had a plan. And I know there's pain. But God had a purpose. And I want you just to share for a moment about some of that purpose that you saw during some painful experiences when you would come and pray. And you've told me stories about coming out here and opening the door when nobody's around. And Sometimes you'd call mom and Betty and him to come and pray, but sometimes you'd come alone. I just want you to encourage them that it's worth enduring the pain because God's got a purpose. Um, you know, when God calls you to do something, you don't know the reason, and I surely wasn't qualified. He says, kept nagging and one day somebody from the district office called me and said you need to build a church in that town man I can't do that I don't have those kind of qualifications however God does and he knows what he's doing and that was my favorite prayer corner over there we just lay flat on my face on the floor <laughs> and family didn't understand her friends didn't understand and it was uncomfortable for a woman in Lewis County, Kentucky. <laughs> but you know what? God has a plan. And he still has a plan. It don't matter if it's me or who it is, if we're just obedient to God. You never know Then one day you've got a great pastor like this, a great youth pastor, associate pastor, a place where you come. And I feel so much love in here. And so much liberty. And I love these little children running around. I love it. I got family here. Praise God. <laughs> you know, my family didn't quite understand. This is Lewis County. But it's Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. 
you can do all things through Christ Jesus. I mean all things. So this just the beginning. You never know. When I'm long gone and Bonnie's long gone and all this, us old people, we had our 10th great-grandchild last night. And I'm telling you, this is one of the happiest times in my life. God has blessed me all the way through. He just keeps blessing me. And there's hurt. There's hurt in it, let me tell you. But there's a lot of good. These grandchildren and great-grandchildren, God's good to us. I love all of you. I think about you often. Pray for this church a lot. This is my this is my church. I have a I have a great church in Lakeland, Florida. I've been there for many years. But this is my church too. Like it's yours. It's our church, isn't it? And I found him along the way. God knows. You never know. But God bless each and every one of you. And I wish you all Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. And I love this guy, too, and his wife. Danny, you can speak, too, but I know you never will. He, he just stands there. And he said he was a rose between two thorns. I think that's why I heard it, Danny. I think you said I just know for Gartha that whenever I first got in ministry, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what God was saying when he was calling me. I would go out and I just talked to Gartha. Gartha would always encourage me and she give me a big binder one time about ministry and stuff she'd pray with me and pray for me and I'm just here to tell you today I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that saint and I was going through some pain at that time and she continuously poured into me And that was God's purpose and God's plan. Because really she didn't understand that she was actually pouring in to her son's pastor. To her grandson's pastor. And the words of wisdom she was giving me was for her own. That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's the healing that God wants all of us to pour into these next generations of people. And saying God can and God will and God will always be faithful so I love you sister Gartha and I'm thankful for you and I've always said that she's like my spiritual mother and Pastor Wells is, is like my my pastor but sometimes you go to mom with things that you won't go to dad with things and you need both. So find them people in your life that will speak purpose to you. If you don't have them, I promise you they're sitting in this room. If you don't have anybody, I promise you they're sitting in this room. Is there anybody in this room that will say, I'll help? 
If you need my help, I just want you to lift up your hand. I'll help if you need help. It's all of us, and we're all in this together. But yesterday I was sitting on my couch, and sometimes God makes us uncomfortable, Rick. And I was just thinking and contemplating and get them crew. What did he say? That's what I thought he said. And I began to think about my mom and how thankful I am for my mom and God began to work on me. And he began to tell me that I hurt her sometimes by my words and my actions. And Mom, I just want to say I'm sorry. Because I'm getting to think about my dad. <laughs> I thought about how much I, he's my hero. He really is my dad's my hero. And I got to take him back through his life. And I never once saw him talk back or speak ill of his mother. Not saying his mom was perfect. Saw so my dad is a better man than me. Mary calls me out on it all the time. She says, she's always telling me to be better to my mom. And I'm glad you're there doing it. But God showed me yesterday, I've done too much hurt. And I want to say in front of everybody, publicly, Mom, I'm sorry. I want you to look at me. I'm sorry. I love you. There's people in this room that would give anything. Have another day with their mom, like Mary says all the time, Tabby, so many of you. Give anything to have another day with your mom, your dad. Teenagers. One of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. It'll give you a long life. Tell your parents, your grandparents, people to take care of you. You love them because tomorrow's not promised. People in this room, you can feel this, that if you caused hurt to others, today's a good day to make it right. It's a good day to reach out to somebody. Just like I did with my mom. You can do it public if you want to, and you probably should. Some things need to be in private, though. I get that. Cause healing to come the minute you begin to own some things and quit clawing at healing.
just like the lady said, it comes when you learn from God. And I want to learn from Him every day. I'm asking you, please stop the hurt and begin the healing. Will you pray with me? It's all by our head. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I'm asking you to begin a process for us through these holiday seasons that we're about to go into. It seems like we're on warp speed, Jesus. And here we are sitting in this place today in this holiday season with opportunities that you've put before us. Lord, sometimes that we've squandered. Lord, sometimes we've cowered in fear to do the thing that you ask us to do. So God, I pray today for strength, for boldness to rise up amongst your saints to do the right thing. God, I pray that we would begin to heal and that we would stop hurting. God, help the bridge to be a church that as Sister Gartha just described, to be a church where that love can be felt, that it can be realized, that it can be experienced in a peaceful, safe, holistic way. God, help every person in this room to go do the things that you're asking them to do right now. Holy Spirit, I, I pray, cause memories to come of situations that they have faced, of pain that they have endured. And God, I pray that you would give them a way of escape that you said in your word, and that way of escape is healing. That that way of escape is forgiveness. That they would extend a hand of forgiveness to those that have done them wrong, and for that they would speak out to those that they've done wrong, and that healing would begin to happen. that we would cause no pain. In Jesus' name, amen.